0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat stand up here on this gorgeous. Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. As always, I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, Stuart Turley. My man, how we doing today? It's a beautiful neighborhood, and I'm ready for a weekend already. I know. It is uh, slowly creeping there, guys. You're halfway through the week. We appreciate you sticking through us. We have an absolutely great show lined up for you per usual. First up on the menu, manufacturers leaving China find a home with Indian startups. Um, To follow that up, we'll cover a nice opinion piece. Germany is losing its mojo, finding it, again, won't be easy. We'll stay over in the EU and talk about Poland is filing a lawsuit against the, quote, authoritarian EU climate policy. Um, we'll then come home and talk about power grids here in the U.S. are using more natural gas as wind power fails in summer heat. Who would have saw that coming? Uh, newsflash Energy Newsbeat. Did. So uh, Stu will cover where we were right there. And then finally, there's a vast source of clean energy beneath our feet and a race to tap it. Very interested to find that. He will then kick it over to me. I will quickly cover what's going on in the oil and gas markets. We saw a nice oil up to $81 after seeing 79 today. So two interesting things of note, high API, draw, large API draw, just saw before the show. Holy smokes. Um, And then we saw a little softer dollar uh, based on some comments of what's going on in Jackson Hole. We will cover all that in a bag of chips, folks. But first, before we do all that, every story and piece of analysis you're about to hear is brought to you and sponsored by the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com. The best place for all of your energy news. Check out the description below for all the timestamps and links to the articles. Um, we appreciate that, guys. Subscribe to us. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. We appreciate it. Um, great interview right now with Doomberg. Uh, going off on our YouTube right now, so guys highly go recommend checking this out at Energy newbies. go watch Doomberg's great interview still we'll we'll do a we'll do a quick plug here for that one. a great interview you had with doomberg he's 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 a character he's a nut, and I think
1: he met his Matt. he was he said at the end of it, you know a little little inside baseball, you were funny. <laughs> Well,
0: we'll, I, we'll pay I him later. We'll pay him. We still gotta pay his fee. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, oh uh,
1: smack.
0: Just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. But I I pay, you know, Sue's gotta pay me to laugh at his jokes all the time. So check it out, guys. All that's to be said, check us out on YouTube. Email us, interact with the show, questions at energynewsbeat.com, dashboard energynewsbeat.com, data news energy combo, hard at work at V2. Let's go ahead and kick this thing off, Stu. Where do you want to begin? Hey, let's start flapping our wings around
1: China. Manufacturers leaving China find a home with an Indian Startups. I'll tell you, Michael, China has really uh, shot themselves in the foot, ankle, and then the blast caught uh, Biden, actually. When you sit back and take a look in the uh, 220, pandemic was shutting down commerce. Pennsylvania Company was having hard parts and hard time getting out of China. Sanctions don't work. We're sanctioning China, Russia, you know, everybody on the planet. India is now picking up a lot of their manufacturing, and it goes with that chart that you sent out this morning, Michael, and that is low-cost energy. There are no uh, populations, no countries around the world that have expensive energy uh, that are even profitable. I mean, so there is a correlation between GDP and low-cost energy. So it is pretty important to think that China's energy policies are forcing the supply chains out to India. Let me give you some stats. VC funding has slowed down in 2023 in business to business. Uh, The supply chain shocks were life-threatening as uh, Raoul Tener a partner for Lightspeed, which made uh, around three similar investments in in India. Founders saw this trend early enough and we believe, why should I not leverage this tailwind? This goes along and hand in hand with, is India the next China for manufacturing? I don't think India has the CCP's um, opinions of going in and it's either our way or the highway. Uh, the Indian culture is not anything like the CCP. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think I said I just sent the, uh, our producer um, the the image of the, of it's it's titled "Electricity and Income." You can throw it up on the screen right now if you're listening on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast, guys, this is an insane image. Basically, what it's showing is it's showing per capita and and and, and I've got it pulled up right here. So if you look on the x-axis, you've got GDP, and on the y-axis, you have Uh, Electrical consumption and basically what you have is you have this straight line vertically, which means as you increase GDP, you're increasing the electrical consumption. And what is this saying? As Stu said, there's no such thing as a low energy rich company or country. If you're rich, it's because you have an insane electrical need. And so, what's that going to do? To what does this mean to India? They're going to continue and continue to require more and more energy. And if they do become this new powerhouse of China or this new manufacturing powerhouse, then they're going to continue to overtake China as the biggest consumers of energy, which is really interesting. Yeah, it's very confusing.
1: It is. And let me throw this uh, next article in here is Germany, because this co- coincides with this one. And Germany is losing its mojo, finding it its way again uh, won't be easy. This is really an opinion piece, but it folds in with about three or four different conversations. Yesterday, I talked a little bit about BASF. They closed their fertilizer plant last month in Germany because they don't have enough natural gas. Uh, Again, Volkswagen has shut down a lot of their facilities. Their manufacturing is going away. They're looking at moving the plants to the United States because of lower cost energies. Their steel has shut down all because their energy costs are too high. Mm -hmm. You can't plug renewables into the grid without having uh, standby energy. They can't do their natural gas because yesterday I covered on the average price is 11 42 compared to the two sixty five dollars uh, in the U.S. That's natural yep. gas comparisons. That's weird. I mean, you can't run a plant at that $11 range if you can get it. And then your government is shutting it down and they're not letting you use coal. And then you're having to pay import fees if you're buying it from France or Norway or anyone else. So the bottom line is that chart that you'd mentioned is more important because it also says not only are your GDP, you need energy, you need low cost energy. So there's uh, we ought to put another line in there showing the uh, lower cost energy in there as well, too. So uh, you did good finding that that chart. I thought that was sometimes
0: I do decent research. What's next? Let's
1: go to Poland, flapping our wings over to Poland. Poland is uh, filing a lawsuit against authoritarian EU climate policy. About time. We're going to have to do the same thing, Michael. You know, you and I are going to fly over and talk to Charles, uh, was it uh, Klaus Schwab, and let him know as Mm -hmm. well, too. The EU Commission is increasingly trying to transform the EU into a centralized federal state to establish itself as an authoritarian central government. They're just leaning on the lobbyists. Uh, They are just yanking them around as far as that goes. However, Eastern Europe is fighting back Poland and Hungary. And there's a big movement right now. People are retiring from Germany into Hungary. I was like, Hmm. whoa. Get out of town because Hungary has still has a high Christian value in their society. They don't have a immigration. They have a very strong immigration policy. In other words, you don't immigrate there unless you apply. Mm -hmm. Very stable. The woke don't even bother to go there to die, as go- as Governor uh, DeSantis would say. So when you sit back and take a look at all this, Poland has now filed four lawsuits against the EU climate policy, says it will not allow Brussels' a uh, diktat. I'm sorry. I got tickled at that. And I had to publish the story just for that dictat. Yep. I mean, is that a tick tat or is that a dictat? I don't know. It was we'll go with the first one, the tick tack. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, okay. It's... So uh, anyway, I applaud both Hungary and Poland for standing up and saying, wait a minute, this is yep. Poland first or this is Hungary first. The U.S. has got to be first in order to protect our own people. We've lost yep. that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I I'm, I was going to I'm going to echo exactly what you said. I think this is good for Poland standing up. I mean, you know, I love this article twisted as the current national conservative government. You know, yep. they, they, they they, try to twist it in there. You know, they, they're not going to they're going to give it a fair shake. But no, I completely uh, agree with what's going on and what they're doing in Poland. Shout out to them. Um, It's a shame. They're going to have to go. You know, we covered it last year, Stu. You're going to go back. They're going to go back to burning shoes. Oh, they are, and it's um, bad energy
1: policies uh, are it. Hey, I just want to give you a shout out. Claus uh, Schwab just called me. Okay, he said, cool. uh, "Oh yeah," he said, "Today we need to strike the right balance between the necessity, uh, necessary rebuilding of national social contracts, at the same time strengthening our multilateral system to address issues such as the terrorism and migration." I'm aware. So your strong leadership is open to misconception and biased interpretation so far, it's essential for us to you to listen directly to you. Donald Trump walks up on the stage right after that, and he says, I'm here to represent the interests of the American people. I'm here to deliver a simple message. There's never been a better time to build and invest in the U.S. Uh, believe me, there are unelected, bu- unelected bureaucrats that we have, and they're all over the place. They're imposed, crushing, anti-business, anti-worker regulations on our citizens with no vote, no legislative debate, and no real accountability in America. Uh, He says further on that says regulations are an unvoted tax. I kind of like that. So Schwab doesn't like Trump. The U.S., half the U.S. doesn't like Trump. So we're going to sit down and say you got to have America first, no matter if you're Biden or Trump or anyone else. You got to go America first.
0: Completely agree. Speaking of America, let's come back home here and talk about power grids. Let's go to power grids, baby. America first. And we need America
1: first, especially in this power grid. Ed Ireland. I got to give a shout out to Ed Ireland. I was trading emails with him today. Uh, This is out of his uh, substack we're facing more extreme. This is out of uh, this is Robert Bryce, who was on our podcast as well. If we're facing more extreme weather due to climate change, it would be insane to make our most critical infrastructure dependent on the weather. We need energy and power systems Mm -hmm. that are weather resilient, not weather dependent. Robert Bryce, that's a great quote. ERCOT, as Ed Ireland brings out in his Substack. Uh, everybody's kind of looking to the Texas ERCOT because we have the largest wind Mm -hmm. in the United States. We have a ton of solar. We have a ton of natural gas. We have nuclear. We have coal. We got it all. We're bigger. We're better. We're better looking in Texas than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Here's the gotcha. Let's go down to the chart, Michael. The fuel mix. Take a look at that mix, Michael. Why don't you go through that here? It's solar, 12 megawatts. Wind, 10 megawatts. Hydro, 478 megawatt, uh, 10,000, excuse me, 10,000 megawatts, yep. 478. Power storage, 447. Other, is that people riding their bicycles? Or yes, that's squirrels. Yeah. Squirrels, thank you, on, on a little windmill. Natural gas, 53,000. Yep. Coal and ignite, 14,000. Nuclear, 5,000. So you sit back and kind of go, wait
0: a minute, if you eliminated natural gas and coal, we'd be screwed. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you would obviously increase your solar and wind. It just goes to show that having dispatchable backup is critical when you don't have solar, wind or hydro or other. When the when the squirrels start running, (laughs) Um, I haven't necessarily there's I will admit air has been okay this summer, even in some of the hotter days. I mean, there have been some there have been some minor issues going on, but not as bad as we would think. No, let me throw these
1: numbers out at you, Michael. I think um, Ed Ireland did a great job total power generation across lower 48 states declined by 21% from the same period. But generation from natural gas climbed by over 10%. Whiting uh, gases lead is the main country. That's in the country. Mm -hmm. Power generation across the lower start declined by 22.1% on the renewables. So when you take a look at where it, where we have gas, Marcellus and the Permian, man, we got to take advantage of every drop we can. Yeah, no, we do. All right. What's next here? Okay, last one Uh, coming around the corner. There's a vast source of clean energy beneath our feet and a race to tap it. I thought this was interesting from the standpoint that I love me some geothermal. You got to have geothermal. This is out of Colorado. Uh, I thought, you know, again, Mm -hmm. our wonderful EMP operators. Let's use them. Uh, Cindy Taff, uh, who worked at Shell for 36 years before Sage Geosystems, everybody knows about cost declines for wind and solar, but we also saw steep cost declines for oil and gas drilling the shale revolution. If we can bring that to geothermal, the growth would be huge. Just leave it to our EMP operators. They'll get it down in a heartbeat. Absolutely get it down. Great article.
0: Yeah, no. It's a great article. Geothermal, you know, we see we've see it successfully being used in Saudi Arabia right now. We we've, we've seen it successfully being used out in California doing some uh, reconversions over there on the Nevada border. I'm very interested to see who what big oil company decides to deploy this at scale? Chevron's done a little bit of work with it. We know Exxon's done a little bit of work. Right. We know in this latest Gulf of Mexico auction, both Chevron and Exxon swooped up for carbon capture. Could that be a? Could there be a, some contiguous stuff that I don't know? I'm just throwing it out there.
1: Oh, I agree. Let's take Oxy. Uh, We love Oxy from the standpoint that they did jump into the carbon capture, whether or not you like carbon capture or not. They went after the market, not whether or not it's carbon capture. They're going after the market. Same thing here with geothermal. It's going to be open season for federal dollars because
0: it's renewable. Ah, kidneys. Absolutely. So back to you, dude. All right, well, we'll quickly shift to finance, guys. It was was a pretty dismal day up until the last, you know, an hour, hour and a half of trading, we saw oil go from about 79.50 all the way up to where it currently sits, 81.37 as we record this um, a little before six o'clock here um, on the 29th. We saw that 1% rise mainly off the fact of, again, we have a little bit of a hurricane hit coming um, in Florida right now. It's not going to take off as much um, as you would think. There's a few Chevron rigs that have been evacuated. Um, we did see a little bit of a softer dollar API crude oil inventory, stew came out today um, or yesterday as you're listening to this at two o'clock, 11.4 million barrel draw, which is absolutely insane. The EIA will confirm or deny those numbers at 930 Central Time. So be on the lookout for that. We'll cover those numbers in tomorrow's show. But lots going on in, in, in the numbers data game. Very little in the news. We just saw Earthstone get snatched up. Um, here um, recently for an M&A action, um, Crescent Point going ahead and throwing out their North Dakota assets. So lots going on here in the data world. News is a little bit slow here, Stu. So we're kind of on the medi here. I, I wonder what M&A action is 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 in the works right now i think with you seeing sustained 80 dollar oil it makes it a little bit more attractive to do some bank finance so i'm interested to see if is as we move through this uh closing out this third quarter if there's not one more deal out there to be made but but so far all quiet on the western front oh you bet i think that you're gonna see more right i think you will so um well you got anything else Stu? we'll let these fine folks get out of here if so if not Yep, buckle up it's gonna be fun buckle up it will be fun guys so thanks for checking us out Stuart Turley for Stuart Turley I'm Michael Tanner we'll see you guys tomorrow thanks